Hello and welcome to On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that's been hoping to see a picture of a corner flag for about 24 hours now. Yes, four defeats in a row, the worst defence in the league and a fan base that we'd politely described as being a little bit annoyed. It's it's not really gone very well since we last left you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yes, and all that, but still fewer official club statements over the weekend than a team who are just a bit sad that a ball might have crossed the line. So despite another uh, crushing defeat in front of the nation this time, Wagner lives to fight another hapless high-pressing day on Saturday. We know that now. Um, so we will fairly and even-handedly point fingers of blame if we can work out who's in charge. Uh, use all our searing analysis to determine that it's not ideal to go into a big game 2-0 down after 15 minutes. Uh, Ryan sent a quiz about an even worse time in the club's history so we can all get some bloody perspective. And uh, when was the last time you missed an important engagement because you were in Brazil, uh, allegedly? Uh, I'm uh, Steve Sanders, aka at NCFC Numbers, and I feel that we're going to need some upbeat, easy listening for you on this week's pod. Well, we've got a veritable heart playlist of a panel um, that's meant as a compliment, but uh, take, it, take it any way you like. Um, first up, what greater positivity could you ask for than someone who, who actually predicted us to finish top of the championship this season? Uh, it felt like it was a nice thing reminding you of that uh, previously, Zoe. I don't know whether it is now. It's, it's Zoe Morgan. Uh, how, are you, how are you, Zoe? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm obviously wearing black tonight uh, in mourning for the death of my prediction, I, I would say. Um, <laughs> probably first is becoming out of our reach. I mean, we can still go for second, perhaps, but it's looking it's looking tough at this stage. Yeah, I mean, a win at Portman Road and, uh, you know, if we've forwarded, we're, we're bridging the gap, aren't we? Um, I, I promise to stop mentioning that if the season <laughs> continues to deteriorate. I'm not doing you any favours there. Um, and uh, making checks notes, his first appearance of the season, uh, which seems hard to believe, but um, some say he's been mourning the departure of Daniel Sanani. Uh, but I'm pleased to say that he's he's here and he's smiling even. Uh, it's, it's Ryan Livermore. Ryan, it's great to have you back on. How are you doing? Thank you, man. I forgot all about Daniel Sonani. Now you've opened up a whole can of worms. I'm having flashbacks now of roughly, what was it, 15 months ago? What was it? Player of the, player of the season? Yeah. Oh, dear. Good times, man. Good times. Back before all this. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've literally just introduced you both by bringing up bad predictions. I've just realised that. The credentials for us to be on this podcast uh, <laughs> withering away as we speak. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, let's not even go over some of my previous ones because uh, I've, I've, yeah, not in a not in a good place as, as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe we maybe we long for Dan Elsonani now. Are we uh, are we short of a winger? Oh no, no, we're not. We have we have lots of those. Um, well, thank you very thank you very much, both of you, for for joining. Um, I I think feels like we've got a lot to get through so i'm happy that we crack on um please everyone get your comments and questions in as ever uh we will pick out and read as many as we can um even even the ones who say i thought you'd given up on this uh as we got <laughs> as we got last week um uh beck has um started off uh by saying uh, sleepwalking into league one zombie apocalypse at carry road Sunday as could hear a pin drop after the third goal so that sort of sets us up nicely for the, the way we're, we're going on um, so yes uh, without further ado let's uh, let's crack on with the headline act So yeah, the headline act was going to be 
the game yesterday um, and the fallout from it. But uh, in the last couple of hours, obviously we will be covering that. Uh, in the last couple of hours, uh, Paddy Davitt from the EDP has reported that David Wagner will be in charge for Norwich City's championship trip to Cardiff on Saturday. Who saw that coming? Following talks on his future that uh, involved incoming sporting director Ben Napper. Uh, Napa, who, uh, as we said last week, and I think most people probably know, begins his role on uh, the 27th of November, was part of the discussions on Wagner's future following the defeat at Sunderland. Um, apparently, they've seen enough since then to, to keep him on for another game. Um, meanwhile, the same report claims the current sporting director, Stuart Webber, who is still expected to stand down when Napa takes over without long handover period, did not attend the game against Blackburn Rovers yesterday, as he's believed to have been in Brazil watching youth games and meeting officials. Um, Zoe. It, it all seems like uh, utter chaos to me. But one thing that we do seem to know for certain now is that David Wagner will still be in charge on Saturday, um, kind of grimly clinging on to power like Rishi Sunak having a sit down with Elon Musk. Um, and at least that means that there's no emergency pod uh, this week that we uh, we need to arrange. So, so thank you to them for thinking of us. Um, can you uh, summarise what's going on um, and how... How we're in this position and how he's still here. That's a lot of questions in one. Uh, go whichever way you like with it. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try and maybe try and weave some of it together in a way that it doesn't feel like it's particularly working together at the moment. I think, um, so first of all, on, on Wagner, I think um, it feels like most people have by now come to the conclusion that he is probably not the man for this job. We are in a run of absolutely terrible results. Um, you know, last time we were on, I was I was really trying to cling on to some kind of positivity about it, but I feel like the situation has got untenable. If it wasn't untenable after Leeds, uh, it is now even worse. Um, I don't think it is fair on him. Um, he seems to be breaking down <laughs> sort of in every interview that you see with him he is the sort of the, the glint in his eye is fading <laughs> you know as as we speak I feel like he feels like a dead man walking um and yet he's still got a job he's still expected to be the guy that goes out talks to the media has to be the kind of face of everything um I saw a tweet at the weekend describing him as a human shield it does feel like that's happening at the moment um and I, I found it really interesting on oh it was yesterday <laughs> already feels like <laughs> quite a long time ago um yesterday's game sort of when we went one nil down the in initial reaction seemed to be quite Wagner focused in terms of I think there was a lot of you're getting sacked in the morning chants which were coming from our fans and and I think that was Wagner but it was interesting that as the as the game went on it, it wasn't about Wagner you know it was and that that sort of I think helped the atmosphere not become sort of like uh too aggravated and too nasty because I think everybody's kind of anger and disappointment and frustration is kind of pointing in all of these different directions because yes Wagner it's clearly not up to it. It's not working. We are in a mess. We are not playing very well. The players are playing badly. They know they could play better. There's, you know, you might think, are they playing as well as they feel they could um, anyway? But, they, you know, it's not working there. The board uh, are sort of in this weird state of limbo 
as we move towards Atanasio taking full full ownership, you would assume that's been given a three year waiting period almost it's like being sort of waiting for an operation on the nhs or something like just (laughs) waiting for whatever you've got to magically sort of fix itself before you have to actually go under the knife like it's it's that's weird you've got the whole weber napa thing uh weber has been on thin ice with the supporters for quite a long time now um and it, it feels like actually in the end he was the one that was getting the focus of people's frustration (laughs) the fact that he wasn't actually there uh means it was a little bit misplaced I suppose yesterday um sort of shouting into thin air I guess um but the whole situation with him um you know if if you try and be as nice as possible which I you know always do try and try and be about this situation for a man who came in with such a big reputation who achieved so much in a relatively short period of time, has since spent at least the last two years and probably the last three picking apart his legacy at this club, sort of conversation, action, signing, what like by one, each thing sort of like it's it's sort of he built something very quickly and then he has spent three years sort of taking it completely apart. And I worry that, you know, for for, for him who seemed to be a very ambitious man you know we were talking about him sort of leaving us for Barcelona or somewhere you know somewhere else absolutely massive that's not going to happen now um and it's one thing having an ego a lot of confidence in yourself um some good self-PR I suppose and it's another thing completely failing to see you are overseeing a failure um and that is what is happening at the moment. He is going to leave this club in a worse position than when he started. Yes, the training facilities are a lot better. Great. But the actual playing side of the club is no better than when he started. It's making Farker look more and more like a genius every sort of every 10 minutes. Um, you know, that sort of unbreakable partnership of the two of them starting to look like, well, how much of it was Farker and how much of it was actually Weber? Mm. Um, and now we're in this strange situation where he's still got a job, but apparently not doing it. Um, you know, not being there yesterday, I think, is a complete dereliction of duty. If he is going to be in charge, they need to start taking action. Sounds like they've maybe had a conversation today, but with one person not in the country, another person hadn't hadn't started yet. Is the conversation well? Let's give it another week because then we get an international break. Maybe we can think about things again. Uh, if we lose again at Cardiff, it's only getting worse, um, and it's not fair on the fans, and it's not fair on all of the people that would rather go to Carrow Road than perhaps go and do something else that they fancy. You know that they fancy doing. This is the thing that we are all passionate about and to have somebody that has clearly lost that passion and lost that interest but who is still hanging on in a job it's quite difficult to come to terms with that and I think that's why the fans are getting upset um and I think that's why everybody wants a change I mean here here I couldn't have put that any better <laughs> myself um and that's all for today's on the ball thanks for coming uh, thanks for coming no um yeah uh, I mean a lot of very good points raised and I think is it two years since uh, to the day since Barker left um, today. So um, happy anniversary, everyone. Um, yeah. So I mean, 
Ryan, I, I, I don't, I don't know if there's if there's much more to add to what Zoe said, but I'd certainly, it certainly feels like this period of limbo with the sporting director role where there's apparently a handover, but at the moment it feels like we might have two people doing the sporting director job or, or possibly we, we have no people doing the sporting director job is, is not helping. Um, in fact, is very much hindering the, the situation with the manager, um, which potentially otherwise would have been resolved by now. I mean, is, is that the way that you see it or have you got a different take? Um, no, I, the whole, I think we're all in agreement, just not just us three, but the wider supporter base that the handover period is a bit ludicrous. The, the thing, what then it, the problems it then brings up with regards to Wagner's position is, do you want your sport, new sporting director's first job to be to search for a, a brand new manager and have him coming into essentially more problems than he already is going to have coming in there. And that there's, it could undermine his position as well. If they go and sack David Wagner tonight, or if hypothetically, if they were to, and then next week, their ideal appointment for the time being comes up. If you then bring him in a week, two weeks before your new sporting director comes in, that you then undermine what essentially is your plan for the next three or four five years as, as it were um it's uh, exactly what zoe said it we shouldn't have got to this position in the first place and i think a lot of that is down to the fact that there are perhaps people at the football club who have got a bit too comfortable in their roles per se and i think um it's a big indictment of how much control Stuart weber really does have at the at the football club that you know, Delia and Michael have gone on record to say how much they love and respect him and it's great to work with him. And he really, really must be running everything to then for them to go. But if, if you go, we're going to have a big problem. So can you just stick around until we feel comfortable letting you go? And it, it does it shouldn't work like that. And you shouldn't have to cling on to one person shouldn't have to cling on to that kind of power. And you shouldn't rely on someone to have that much power in a in a big corporation business like this. Um, It's just going back to the the point as well of how different things have got since Stuart Webber first came in. I feel like at the start of this era of, of Norwich, of Norwich city, the whole club was built around a new, a new philosophy, right? The whole idea was new beginnings on and off the pitch, not just in terms of uh, Colney and, and that side of things, but in terms of fan engagement, in terms of deciding what kind of football club you will want to be and, and the culture we want to set for those in in and around it and it very much felt like a big part of that in the early days was we know the fans have been there through thick and thin they will be there through thick and thin they've been selling out in league one they've seen some utter dross at times they've seen some wonderful moments but we're going to reward them of that because this is their club and we will do everything we can and we know they're going to turn up no matter what now it feels like that's completely been turned on its head and it's the case of we know they're going to turn up no matter what. We can do what we want now. Like it's our it's our club to it's our club, not theirs. We we can keep our sporting director in charge for five long five months past his sell by date. We can say we we're going to sell to an American buyer in three years, but then if we don't like where he's going in the, after those three years, we can still pull the plug on the deal. And it's like you shouldn't have that much control over what is Norwich City Football Club, not, with all due respect, not Stuart Weber FC, not Delia and Michael FC, not Zoe Weber FC, like this. There has to be a wider form of accountability. And the club is almost in its own bubble at the moment, it seems like. And I don't think they realise how fortunate 
they are to have such a devoted fan base in a city where everything is the football club as well. Like it's a cliche. You, you talk about places like Newcastle, like Leeds, that like they all bleed football and the whole, almost the whole equilibrium is based around that fact. And, you know, if, if we we're in, in any other place in the country right now, we would be getting 15, 16,000 fans more than likely at games and people would be showing with their wallets that they don't want to <laughs> put up with this for any, any longer. But sadly, this is one of the occasions where it doesn't quite work in our favour is that people care about this football club a great deal and they'd rather support it than not. And I feel like that's rather than being a something to be applauded for is now something that's perhaps being a bit, whether consciously or not, taken advantage of. And that's and that culture is kind of leaking through the, the football club at the moment. Yeah, I think all of that is absolutely spot on. Um, and yeah, it, it, it does feel very much as though Stuart Webb has kind of been handed the keys off the back of the job that he did, which obviously, you know, I think there needs to be some recognition that it's not all been bad. Mm -hmm. But I think from there, uh, it, it's, things seem to have spiralled. And I think him having been given that control has has been pretty unhealthy. And as, as you say, Zoe, we're in this weird kind of limbo situation, which we'll probably never have again as fans, where there's uncertainty around the board, uh, there's uncertainty around the sporting director role, or at least we, we know that they're all in kind of transition periods. And the same with the manager ultimately as well, who, although he's still there, kind of is a bit of a, a bit of a dead man walking, really. It's hard to see how he will, unless we suddenly turn things around on Saturday, it's it's hard to see how he carries on as well. So yeah, go on, I, Ryan. Sorry, Steve. I think a lot can be said as well over the last few years, how many key members of staff have also left, like Kieran Scott to Middlesbrough and, Greg uh, Broughton to Blackburn as well at the start of that reign. These are all like valuable clogs in the system who have gradually gone one by one. And I'm sure they have been replaced in some vicinity, but clearly not to the level they were performing at before, because here, here we are. And it's not to say that those people would have solved the problem by staying here, nor were they not culpable for some of the poor recruitment in 20, uh, 21, 22 or 1920 in the Premier League seasons. But it does feel like as much as Stuart Webber does deserve some credit, as you say, Steve, for everything that has been built up positively, it, he's not going to have done that entirely by himself. There are other clogs in that machine that perhaps aren't there anymore that are certainly contributing to a gradual um, de decline in, in those regions of the football club. And, and for, sorry, go on, say. Sorry, Steve. I was just going to say, I don't want to get, come over all uh, high performance on everyone, but the <laughs> the idea of, you know, good leadership and really strong leadership is not about, oh, if I'm not there, everything falls apart. You know, you can't build a an organisation of the size of this football club based around one man's presence. And whether Delia and Michael thought that Stuart, Stuart Webber would one day leave because he was joining Barcelona or because one day they would fire him because he wasn't doing a good job. Their responsibility was making sure that when he wasn't there, for whatever reason, the club could still function at a level that he had brought it to, hopefully, you know, at that high level. Um, and and like Ryan said, giving him that amount of power um, has been a poor piece of leadership because um, apparently we can't survive if he, you know, if he leaves, he, we have to have a handover period. You know, there's this weird sort of, what is he going to be doing in this handover period? Is he going to be showing Napa how to log into his emails or he, will he be saying, 
well, these are all the things that you need to do because I've put them in motion and that needs to now happen. Um, and yeah, it just, it just be, yeah, to become so much about one man is not what a football club that is embedded in the heart of a community should be about. In in its most embryonic yeah. sense as well, it like how how does that kind of look to Ben Napper when he's going in, essentially trying to fix these problems that Stuart Webber's caused? And Stuart Webber's probably going to go, well, no, that's no, fine, don't do that. It's like, well, no, but this is the mess you've made. I'm trying to fix it up. And like, why, why would you want that person who's made these problems lurking over your shoulder? Presumably, if that is the, how the dynamic is, of course, but it just makes absolutely no no sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, what, like you say, I, I'm, I've come in to fix the mess that you've made and here are all the things that I want to fix. Yeah, and, and the power dynamic, you would think, is going to be held by the guy who's already been at the club, the, you know, the, the sort of senior man, if you like. Um, yes, I mean, these all sound like world-class basics to me, but, uh, but, but what do I know? Um, just, uh, well, I mean, let, let's go through some of the comments. Um, I mean, you, you can probably guess that they're not massively positive. Uh, Mr. Bish says there is no measurable metric that shows any progress in the last few years. The board seem more interested in being nice and giving managers time rather than looking at the impact of, of giving that time, uh, which I think kind of alludes to some of the stuff that you were saying, Zoe. Um, and uh, what else have we got? We've got um, Ben Trafford talks about uh, the manager for all Wagner's flaws, lack of plan B and terrible game management. His plan A requires players to do a lot of running and pressing. It felt like a lot of our players can't be asked to even break into a jog. Yes, we haven't actually talked about what's happened on the pitch much yet. Um, so let, let's uh, let's address Blackburn yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we'll, we'll never know what David Wagner's team talk was, but um, it probably didn't include the words, keep it tight, first 15 lads, don't do anything silly. <laughs> um, I mean, it, this is why it seems so odd to me that he's still here. And again, I don't want to kind of kick the guy when he's down, but... There, there was a certain amount of fatalism about that game. You know, a, a lot of people were comparing it to the Nigel Worthington, Nigel Worthington's last game um, for our for our older listeners um, in 2006. You should probably remember that. Yeah. Wasn't um, that long ago? Come on. It was quite <laughs> a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. For any, anyone under the age of uh, 18 who won't get that reference, probably being generous there. Um, but yes, back in back in days of yore when Nigel Worthington was the manager, great times. Um, and, and it felt very similar to that in the way it played out. And it did, you know, at quarter past 12, I was sitting there thinking, well, that's that then. Well, you know, this is his last game. Um, it, it wasn't good. I mean, I, I, I don't really know where else to point you to other than that sorry but Blackburn didn't look particularly fantastic but it was just incredibly easy for them and that's the sign of a struggling team <laughs> absolutely they didn't need many shots at all they didn't need many shots on target because you know when you're stood in front of basically an open goal you don't really you know it's not that difficult to get it in um <laughs> I would say uh yeah it just they didn't start with any particular intensity we just let them have it and I, it just it, uh, bafflingly bad like it, that first half I, I think I made a comment saying I don't think I've seen us play this badly for at least five years like it felt bad and I know we had a lot of bad performances at the end of last season um but it it the way that they 
their heads went down and they looked absolutely bewildered after the second goal. You know, you're sort of looking at the clock thinking, well, how many can they score in this time? Um, and yeah, the, the, they, the players just did not seem to know what to do about it. Um, and you see sort of Andy Hughes get up off the bench and do some clapping and hope that that might <laughs> sort of galvanise them. In. Go back to the worthy era again. That was, <laughs> that was our plan B then as well. That was plan A, I think, at certain points back then. Um, but yeah, I, 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 luckily, I don't know, Blackburn sort of sat back a little bit. There was one point where they really, if they'd have gone for it, I think they could have, you know, they could have racked it up. Um, they sat back a little bit. Obviously, then they get the goal straight after half time, and um, but the sending off, I think, like it skewed everything um, because it's quite difficult to know. Obviously, we played a lot better after the sending yeah. off, and we made those substitutions, um, and there was you know a little bit of excitement going on. But you know, the game had got you know the game had gone at that point. Um, the fans were not interested anymore. You know, I don't think I have ever not stood up to celebrate a goal before yesterday no. um yeah, you know it's just same. a uh, uh great um well done um yeah it was it was it was just bizarre like it was all bizarre and like you say steve it, it that makes it even weirder that it's not nothing's happened since then because or everything about that performance the result everything that happened screamed well, that's the final nail in the coffin, and it obviously not. We've got we've got more space for nails, I think. Yeah, I mean, it it felt so end of the road, and I'm, I'm so with you on the uh, celebration thing as well. I don't think I've ever felt a ground like, well, I want to stand up and cheer this, but no one else, no one else is. It would be weird to do that. It's like you know that that's what you're literally there for. Um, Robot Canary has uh, has kind of alluded to what we what you've just been talking about. Worthy's last game was toxic. Uh, yesterday it was just crushing apathy and Ryan you and I were sort of uh, having a brief chat about this before we came on and just saying I can't really remember a time like it at Carrow Road I mean the end of last season was was kind of bad but that that was when things were sort of drifting to an inevitable conclusion the season is still very much alive this year um, and yet uh, it, it doesn't really feel like anybody's bought into this well, no, not certainly since September anyway. But yeah, like and it was weird because obviously yesterday, early kickoff on a Sunday, we know it takes people a while, a while to get into the ground anyway with the ticketing systems and whatnot. But yeah, early kickoff and it was, of course, Remembrance Sunday. So things are going to be a bit subdued and then the sky of it all as well. So the players do come out earlier. But even five or ten minutes into the first half, there was just so many empty seats and on the ball city was probably sung as drab like an obligation as opposed to a want to sing it you know it was like, oh this is our part okay well fair enough and when blackburn scored the first goal there was a hot there wasn't even a sense of oh for goodness sake like here we go again it was more like certainly where i was sat kind of a whole told you there we go there it is mm -hmm. look straight away and it's horrible that we've come to expect this this disappointment and the only thing worse than getting angry is just having no feeling towards anything and the apathy around the place at the moment does make it feel completely soulless and I think that's because it doesn't look like there's an end to this insight or at least no actions that are going to do um, to ignite any change certainly and I think Norwich are fortunate that 
the quality of the bottom teams in the division, with all due respect, like the banker teams at the bottom, is so much so that they have a chance of getting dragged into a fight, but they will probably ultimately be okay. But had we been looking at a, a championship landscape of about 10, 15 years ago, they are so in the mud. But now they're still like seven points off the bottom three, which seems like an age, an age away, despite the fact that they are so very bad. But I think everyone's just had enough now. And that's the worst thing you could do when you support a football club, just not not care. I think that then realize they're shouting at a brick wall. There's nothing to shout positively about. So let's just kind of sit back and have a nice day out. Why not? Watch some football. Watch your team get spanked. <laughs> Why not? I'm I'm really worried that one of those banker teams is our next home game at Carrow Road. <laughs> the, the gap <laughs> might not look quite so big after QPR visited, but um, that's, that feels like a long way in the future. I mean, I think, I suppose the thing to say is that these things do tend to be cyclical and actually in a month's time, we will have a new sporting director I, in, in all likelihood, right? That's the way things look like they're playing out and the same with the manager as well. So, um, you know, I... Although it feels hopeless at the moment, um, I, I, things will be different in a month's time. It's just we don't know what that's going to look like and how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think the worry is that the current trajectory is going to be like, yeah, trying to kind of turn a cruise liner around uh, the way things are currently going. I think that's kind of the issue as well as as much as I'm sure Ben Napper, they would have done their due process and chosen the obviously chosen the person they believe is the right one to take the club forward in light of all the other changes coming in but it's not like a pre-existing sporting director where we know how he runs a football club we know what his philosophy is how he wants to do um you know manage manage a a championship team like and don't get me wrong that's not necessarily a bad thing because it can be quite exciting but we're in a point at the moment where that unknown isn't necessarily something to be excited about, say, when it was six years ago, because the club looks like it's only going one way at the moment. Oh, <laughs> have I have I crashed? Am I here? <laughs> yes, no, no, I think yes, I, I think yes. I might have crashed. Oh, there you um, go. <laughs> but, um, but you can hear me now. Uh, you look like you wanted to say something. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never, I never really want to say anything. Uh, normally, I just hide behind Michael, but uh, now I, I think I have to say something when I'm actually physically hosting. Dinner. I had a whole um, moment where I, I, where, where I was like, "Did I just?" talk out of trash then what sorry guys was, was that really pointless <laughs> no i uh i glitched like shane duffy there unfortunately um yeah uh, i mean the other the other thing i mean and julian julian scott has just kind of raised this point zoe but um he says all the opposition teams have to do is run at us and we part like the red sea the defense is bad but is also badly exposed by a non-existent midfield do we have a cdm when will Sorensen be back? I think Sorensen is is still out for a good while. Um, I think there's still talk of surgery, so um, I don't think we can rest all our hopes on him. Um, but I, I mean, I, we haven't really talked about tactically yet. Uh, I know it was bad, but I, I find it absolutely incredible that you have two. You, pl- you play with two centre midfielders in a four four two or four four one one, whatever you want to call it. And in the first half, we're we're two nil down having given away two goals where they just, again, like as Julian said, parted through us like the Red Sea. And you've still got Kenny and Sarah pressing on the opposition's 18-yard box. And you just think, if they get through this, which they were doing with some ease, they're just at our defence. Now, you know, David Wagner knows more about football than than I ever will 
and you know and have probably forgotten more than I ever will I find it absolutely incredible that when you've got a team who are just conceding goals for fun that you kind of continue down the same it's it's the definition of insanity right <laughs> it's uh just trying the same thing over and over and expecting it's things just... to change absolute just acres of space all like you know wherever you want them like and it just it, and it's it's so different I think we had this conversation a few weeks ago but it's sort of like well Sarah is Sarah and one of the best players in the division continues to get sort of better stats than most players across the division despite playing in a team that loses every week Kenny sort of seems to be playing some of his best like for, like he's really seems to have taken to captaincy and you know the effort that Kenny puts in I you know I, I really don't doubt um we know he's not the most talented person in the world but you know th those two players uh playing should not and you know I'm not blaming them but it's the system it's the system around them that they can't you know they they can be still doing their best and playing quite well and yet the system is making our midfield look absolutely, you know, absolutely dreadful. Um, and it is, you know, we know the defenders make mistakes. They're not the quickest, all of those things. But it is the space that is being allowed in midfield that is is our sort of absolute destruction. It's the death of us. And I don't think I don't think Dimmy or Stacey played particularly well yesterday. Um, both of them, I think, had their worst game in the in quite a long time uh, so that didn't help um it you know we were just devoid of much uh, idea or endeavor and then as soon as something broke down we were just just woefully exposed and you know we talked about George Long as well <laughs> whether he's up to it as a keeper but um at the moment it's not really looking like he is the standard that that we need as sort of in goal. So uh, hopefully Angus will be back soon. But again, it's not George Long's fault that we are this bad. Um, you know, it's it, it's the it's the formation that we're playing and how we're asking our players to play. It's just not working at the moment. Yeah, I think it, it seems very much like, you know, I know it, it's easy to blame individual players. It seems like some of the individual players are now coming out of the team for whatever reason, injury or being rotated, and, and we're just getting worse. So it, that sort of speaks to the fact that it, it fundamentally is the system. I mean, Ryan, just quickly before we move on, I mean, last season, the final 11 games of the Championship, we scored the fewest goals in the entire league. We scored six. Uh, and this season, in the first 15 games of the Championship, we've conceded more goals than anyone, 30. Three more goals than anyone, in fact. So it just seems like whatever Wagner tries, it's like the whole blanket where you try and pull it over your head and then your feet are exposed. Whatever that analogy is that I've explained yeah. really badly, he can't quite get it right at both ends of the pitch. No, not at all. And, and admittedly, it doesn't help when the, the only two strikers who can play your system get injured within a couple of weeks of each other and when your international goalkeeper gets crocked in almost as quick as quick a time and is out for a few weeks but I, I think yeah I completely agree you've got to remember as well that as, as bad as individual performances have been these are professional footballers who play day in day out they are technically going to be able to hit these passes and they can run for days and if they are making the same not just mistakes but the same mistakes over and over like Shane Duffy i I start of the season thought he was absolutely brilliant but he seems to be getting frustrated with the lack of 
number six basically so he's like going well i'll do it then and then runs out and leaves yeah. all and leaves a big space behind and then Jaden warner bless him who was thrown under the bus a bit yesterday is like well what, what do i do now then and tries to close that space doesn't get there in time and that's how the the two goals come about but i think it's it's fundamentally a, a system thing and the thing is as well he can play so many variations of this system but it's it's not working and that goes then to the problem of bringing an, another manager in is that we've recruited specifically around this kind of system. So if a, if a, a new manager comes in who Ben Napper likes, for example, and he wants to play a, a four three three with a, a conventional six, who's going to play as that six? You know, Lungi's injured most of the time. Kenny can sort of do it there, but apart from that, you you know you you've put all your eggs in in this basket and the basket has got so many holes in it and the eggs are just on the floor and there's yolk <laughs> everywhere and it's rank you know yeah we don't i mean you know i think somebody in the comments has described a load of headless chickens and we don't want broken eggs and headless chickens that's not good for anyone um let's let's sort of um see or seg segue let's see it's not a word is it let's segue uh into uh twangta things we are not going to talk about um because I mean, you you've kind of hit on the first subject that I wanted to mention. It feels like there's a lot a lot of narratives around our centre backs at the moment. And Lee Coates says the new centre backs looked good yesterday. Uh, that's Jaden Warner, who uh, is is not a fast bowler for a big bash league team. Apparently, he he is a Norwich City centre back. Um, what did you think? So we have kind of oh, it's a difficult game for him to get chucked into. And like I was expecting to see Danny. Danny Bart, Danny Bath, but um, yeah, born of straight in. How do you how do you think he got on? I thought he did all right. Um, it wasn't perfect. I think he it definitely felt like he he got done a couple of times. I think the second goal was is probably him at fault. Um, but he did do some really good bits. It did feel to me a little bit like it's this was sort of David Wagner saying, "Well, there's not much going right. Can I put a?" an academy product on the pitch and try and get everybody to unite in support around this sort of the fact that I'm giving youth a chance like is that you know one thing that'll you know good tick in in his box there um and it was it was quite heartwarming to hear him get a nice round of applause every time he didn't mess it up <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> which is quite sweet um he he looks good he looks um he looks like he covers a lot of ground um he didn't look completely out of uh, out of place um definitely one for the future but as you say steve it's it's a lot to throw him in there um the way things are going at the moment sort of smacks a bit of when uh johnny rowe became sort of the only good thing about the end of uh, a sort of disastrous premier league season it's like well we'll put rowe on for a bit just so everyone can get a bit excited and you know Roe at that point was nowhere near what we're seeing now. Um, it's like actually, when you strip everything away, it, you know that that's not enough to get excited about. I would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about end of uh, managerial days and, and signs that the the game's up. I definitely think that finishing with a back four of Poheta, McLean, and two two academy products. Um, I was thinking, I had a little look back. I I think before last week, the only I don't think any of them had started a league game in defence other than one game that Kenny played at left back, which was against Luton last year when he got sent off. 
Um, so I, I don't think any of them had started the game as a defender, and yet they were our back four. Uh, a, a, a wonderful mix. So um, part of that is because Gib- uh, Ben Gibson is out until Christmas. Um, Grant Hanley was back playing for the under-23s, although they conceded a few as well, I think, in the week, um, and was the face of Sky's uh, build-up for this this game, uh, which <laughs> maybe shows they haven't been paying a lot of attention to us um, this season. Um, and, and uh, yeah, obviously, um, we can we can kind of get on to Danny, uh, Danny Bath. Are we calling him Bath or Bart? I, I'm never really sure. He hasn't actually played enough yet for me to know. Um, um, I, think, I think it's, is it Danny Bath? I thought it was Danny Bat. Danny Bat. Bat, or yeah. Bat? Does it Bat. depend whether you're, whether you're northern or not? Bart, Bat. I don't well, know. I think, we'll never know at this rate. So, <laughs> Well, I think you may have no choice but to play him on Saturday. So uh, perhaps we'll find out then. Um, I mean, there was also the news of the pre-tax loss of £27.2 million for the 12 months up to June 2023, uh, if we needed any more good news. Um, although I think most of that was probably just because of the relegation from the Premier League, which uh, seems like a distant memory now, and obviously doesn't include the money that was made over the summer. Um, so yes, that'll obviously all be uh, recouped um, in June to- by June 2024, I've no doubt. Um, I do doubt that. Uh, and then the only other thing I was going to mention, because somebody asked me about it on Twitter, was about our record uh, when Welcome to the Jungle plays and how much, <laughs> <laughs> how ironic that is as walk-on music at the moment, because uh, it be less like entering a jungle um i mean i don't know if either of you are guns and roses fans um but it does yeah it's not it's not really working at the moment is it it is not no uh j- quickly uh does anybody know what shane duffy did to to the blackburn fans because uh my favorite yeah. part of yesterday was their commitment to the bit of absolutely booing the hell out of him every time he got the ball which seemed to be the most noise that they made the whole time um, I did a bit of research on the internet, but it just seems like he had a disastrous last couple of games for them um, and scored two own goals and got sent off uh, oh, in the did. last three. Yeah, and then he left. But it seems like it seems like apparently they liked him before that. So um, yes, it seems like yeah, don't get on the wrong side of Blackburn fans. <laughs> it seems. Yeah, I guess I guess if you do the double whammy of. Well, the triple whammy of red card plus own goals and then buggering off to a championship rival. That's, that's probably not going to go down. They're always quite polite to Grant Hanley, though, aren't they? So Yeah, they always seem to like him. So, yeah, it surprised me, mm. but it was quite fun. Yeah, uh, that seemed to be the only thing that they got exercised or excited about over the entire 90 minutes. Um, Ryan, was there anything that you did slash didn't want to talk about? Um We've covered it a bit before, but I don't like this whole moaning that we're not lumping it up the field thing. That's getting a little bit frustrating because every time without fail, it's coming straight back. And I'm not being funny, but Huang and Nunez are not going to win headers against six foot four centre halves. And also on the George Long thing too, um, absolutely named, right? We've again, so probably made that joke somewhere before, but I don't understand his obsession with trying to do that too. It's like he hears them moaning and goes, oh, sorry guys and then just punts it you know it's like he doesn't want the ball to be as near as he wants to be as far away from his goal as possible <laughs> which is a bit which is a bit worrying given that i don't think i've seen angus gun kick a ball long this season from the floor at least and it it's just again like why why bring in a goalkeeper who your goalkeeper coach has specifically said is the perfect replacement for 
Tim Krull, and I think that's fair to say it's only the case because he's probably the pro saving a butt ton in wages now because of that. But the guy, the way he plays and how how deep he plays as well. I noticed loads of times where Sana Haas are having to run back 10, 15 yards to get the ball rather than him meeting him in the middle and distributing it out. Like he doesn't suit this style either. So I don't understand the logic there and the fact as well he he doesn't exactly inspire any confidence at the back as, we, as we've alluded to not to single him out of course because they're all pants but like it's it's still just another problem to add to the list really maybe wagner's just real you know responded to whenever gun gets the ball the fans just shout long long and so he's gone oh, okay well <laughs> I, I must that's it maybe okay, they, QPR, maybe they want guys. To, yeah it can't QPR, be about we'll just shout gun 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 and we'll see <laughs> what happens after that yeah allison allison um, I mean, that's not going to make much sense out of context. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a theory because uh, otherwise I'm as I'm as baffled as you are. But but you know, hopefully things will will start getting better. I mean, supposedly he is decent with the ball at his feet, but it's difficult when there's not much going on in front of him uh, yeah. to know whether that is the case or not. Um, Anyway, I mean, let's let's stop talking about the stuff that's uh, gone wrong and talk about the stuff that's going to go wrong. This is almost <laughs> like fantasy football. This is almost fantasy football. This is almost fantasy football. So you could get it right, Steve. Um, so, yeah, who would have thought at the start of this season uh, that we'd be looking ahead to a game at the Cardiff City Stadium with such fatalism? But uh, that is the situation that we find ourselves in. Um, we've got QPR at home after the international break. Uh, and that'll be the weekend before our next pod. But uh, who on earth knows what things are going to look like by then? So uh, we will stick with Cardiff for now. They are seven points and 10 places above us uh, and have the third best points per game uh, home record in the league. So, um, Ryan, uh, without using the words Wagner and Sack, uh, how would you go about masterminding a, a win from this one? What What would you... I suppose, what 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 would you change? Who would you bring in? I'm assuming we won't see the same eleven. So, is there anybody who deserves a chance? That's uh, well, we definitely won't because Duffy's out. But is there anyone else who deserves a chance? Um, who you'd like to see? Good question. I one thing I did quite like on Sunday was uh, I liked Huang's dropping deeper, and I feel like he is very much suited to if he's playing the two up front system as like that nine and a half who comes in to kind of offer a bit of a bit of support i'd like i wouldn't mind might be controversial i wouldn't mind perhaps seeing Ida and huang up top with huang sitting deeper because i think Ida at least can get defenses on the back foot when he's not offside um i wouldn't want to see onel in again because as much as we all love him and he's a bit of a, a a cult hero i do think he's probably the fourth yeah the fourth or fifth best winger we have at the club at the moment um i wouldn't oh god i never thought i'd say this i wouldn't mind seeing pajeta start as well again just some pace to kind of pen the opposition back a little bit particularly if they're going to be at home and you said about the points per game i assume they they like to very much put their authority on a game when they're at home so if nothing else someone who's going to try and break that last line and, and push them back a few yards. But then if we're looking from a, a purely footballing abil- ability sense, then there are better options there as well. So I don't think there's much you can change in the middle. I think Kenny and Sarah, if we're going to go with this system, are the best two options. Um, yeah, it's a bit frustrating because 
you're racking your brain as the options and they don't really change a great deal do they that's that's the problem um no <laughs> they don't unfortunately but um, yes as we've as we've already said so duffy will definitely not be playing um and not just because he's sad because some blackburn fans were mean to him he is suspended five yellow cards mm -hmm. um this season feels like that that doesn't seem like enough it seems like he gets booked every game <laughs> um like it, it's the the whole thing that, that you were saying about ryan of just charging into the field and going this one's mine and then just cleaning <laughs> cleaning someone out that that seems to be a, a classic duffy tactic um so i guess we will see danny bat 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 Bart, mm -hmm. Bart, um, Bart uh, hmm. and presumably Jaden, Jaden Warner as well. So he's and and then where else do we go from there? I mean, is it time for Borja Saints? He didn't do a great deal when he came on uh, yesterday. No, it's interesting. Uh, he's one of the few that seems to. I know he's been injured, but Wagner. Do we think he doesn't rate him particularly? But he doesn't seem to have given him much of a much of a chance uh so far he certainly looks quick which we don't have much of um I agree with Ryan I, I really enjoyed Poeta's cameo on yesterday I like I, he was sort of the one person that seemed to bring a bit of excitement when he came on again I understand that the circumstances of the game probably allowed for that um so would be a little bit wary I and I also agree that Onel has not uh, played particularly well all season so far, um, which is a shame. Thought Nunes did okay uh, yesterday. Um, do we know why Forshaw was not even in the squad? Is he fit? There's not been any talk, as far as I know, that he wasn't fit to play. I mean, he it didn't go well for him at Sunderland. I think that's fair to say that, and um, it, it does seem to be a little bit like. Uh, one chance in your help with the some of the players who don't normally come in. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think we probably need a game where we're not likely to be overrun in midfield at the moment because I think he looked a little bit leaden-footed. But I would, I'm surprised that he didn't at least make the bench. Um, so yeah, not not sure what's happened there. He's uh, in the, on the naughty step with friend of the podcast Tony Gary Spring. Yeah, no Tony He's Gary also... either. Dis disappeared. Uh, McCallum seems to have found his way back to the bench at least, but uh, he was there as well, wasn't he? So, yeah, um, as much as we discuss all of these potential changes, it would probably see minimal changes. It was interesting also that Ida didn't come on um, at any point um, yesterday. Uh, mm. Yeah. And he had a sub to spare as well, and he didn't, he yeah. didn't use it, which was uh, incredible. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing there's usually one or two players who come in from the cold when a new manager comes in, assuming that that does eventually happen. Um, so looking forward to seeing which of the naughty step players that is. Um, do you remember, was it Simon Lappin? I think it was, wasn't it? After, um, I remember Lappin being literally yeah. out of the cold for about two years, I think, and, and hanging around. And then when Glenn Roder left here, he was like, right. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, we still got relegated that year, but uh, you know, it was it was nice it was nice to see him back. Um, so yeah, I suppose the the big question is uh, like, what's like it, it, a win? That's good, right? I mean, but but then I don't know. It feels like I don't. It, it I don't like saying it out loud, but it does feel like if you're going to make a managerial change, then over an international break might be a good time to do it. So um, kind of 
the, the win, does that then take that out of the question? Or is it going to be a Daniel Farker style? Well, thanks very much. Cheers for the three points, but uh, we'd already made our minds up on you. It, it, it's a strange situation we're in, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, you also don't... <laughs> I mean, we lost yesterday and nothing has happened. So yeah. <laughs> um, kind of can't keep hoping that we're going to lose because otherwise we will be in a relegation battle. So, <laughs> That's a very um, fair point. It doesn't, uh, yeah, it doesn't really feel at the moment like the results necessarily in isolation are going to affect anything. I think we are just, we're just waiting. We're just playing out time. Yeah, I, I agree with Zoe. I, th I think unless it's six or seven on, on Saturday, I don't think the result's going to change anything in the, in, the, in the short term. Not until the handover period begins anyway. Great. Well, that's something, something to look forward to for Saturday <laughs> then. <laughs> it's a good job we're not doing another one of these for three weeks. Like I say, it'll all be different by the time that we're back. Um, anyway, I, I, I think that probably covers everything that we've got to look forward to. As uh, oh, It was quite a short <laughs> section, but that, maybe that's that. Um, so we'll move on to uh, Kenny Other Business then, which um, has been sadly neglected um, through no other reason than I've forgotten it's in the running order but but this time uh we do have something that is well worth waiting for and uh, <laughs> as regular listeners will know uh when ryan's here the quiz is here uh zoe's pulling a face which i'm assuming is not because ryan said a quiz well maybe it is but more a reflection on are we going to be able to answer the questions <laughs> <laughs> this can only go badly for zoe and i unfortunately but um uh ryan oh, I'll, yes. uh, I'll hand over to you because you've already given us the theme uh it's just yes i have fantastic this is a segment i am with the working title of do you think you're better off alone <laughs> so i as you know this is the worst start to a championship season for 14 15 yeah 15 years now my goodness me how time flies and that season when we were relegated from the championship to league one we had i counted 14 lone players across the course of a season and Hence the title I'm right there we go. There it is. So what we are going to do is I'm going to put some team, uh, some player names, well, not player names to you. I want you to guess who the players are from their career path. <laughs> so I, I'm going to start reading out players, the teams in chronological order from who they started their career with until finish. And it's up to you two to buzz in and guess when you think you know who the player is so i am going to need i've sprung this on you i'm going to need a buzzer from each of you Honk. nice hot dog <laughs> nice super duper and i will say as well if you go hot dog or honk you do your answer you get it wrong um you are locked out until the next person guesses okay okay and and these are all players who are on loan tonight in the, in the 0809 season yes okay exactly uh, please okay. do play along at home i i promise we won't be too quick for you <laughs> okay <laughs> let's go for play number one so first club gillingham chelsea Honk. yes sorry oh, no, i've gone too i've gone too soon i was go gonna on. say ryan bertrand Oh, yeah, she's got it. Oh, oh nice. Wow. Nice. That's a great shout. I'll just take the next five minutes off. It's fine. Yeah, I'm quite happy. <laughs> that was, that was real good. Very good. 
Well, it was I only the Chelsea bit. I was a bit worried when you continue. You were about to continue on. That, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think he did have another loan before us, didn't he? So he did. He was on loan at Bournemouth twice, then Oldham, then twice for Norwich and Reading, Forest, Villa, Southampton, and then Leicester most recently. And then at some point, won a Champions League final in between all of that. Yeah, in 2012. And grew a good beard too, uh, which I never <laughs> even, thought was even more impressive. <laughs> Okay, player number two. All right. Aston Villa, Torquay on loan, Port Vale on loan, Burnley, Rotherham, Cardiff, Ipswich, Crystal Palace, Norwich on loan, Uh, Huddersfield. Zoe? Alan Lee? Yes! Two for two. Wow. Yeah. Ipswich cool. was the giveaway. Yeah, Ipswich, yeah, it was Ipswich. I'd Got forgotten him. it was that year, actually. I thought maybe it, he was yeah. in it. But... And that apparently was... he wanted to join all that the following summer, but we got Grant Holt instead. How things would have been different, eh, guys? Yeah. <laughs> well, mm. <laughs> <laughs> probably in League Two. And yet the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, okay, player number three. This one might be a bit more obvious. Lille, Auxerre, Nantes, Lons, Manchester City, Newcastle United. Hot dog. Yes, Steve. Uh, Antoine Sibierski. Yes, yeah. two for one. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank God I'm in oh. the game. God, we had some shockingly bad luck. <laughs> oh, it gets better. <laughs> I was going to say, these are some of the better ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All righty. So next one. If you get this one, I mean, I will. I will. I don't know. Be be impressed. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay. Tottenham. Norwich on loan. Exeter on loan twice. Exeter permanently. Hot dog. Yes. Is it the best double-barreled player we've is, ever had? It? Is it Troy Archibald Henville? It is indeed. The score's ah, eleven at two no, two. Oh god! <laughs> oh, I'm I'm Leeds uniting this. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! You're sensing a three two comeback. And, and as with Leeds United, the biggest shock of all was that I was two 0 up. Okay, yeah, with right. your glorious Alan Lee goal just before. <laughs> okay, play at number five. I will say, don't worry, I haven't done all 14 players, um, but we, we've got an abridged version. So, okay, uh, player number five. Shamrock Rovers, Longford Town, Cork City, Reading, Stockport County on loan, Norwich on loan, Charlton on loan, Colchester on loan, Leighton Orient, Southend, Leighton Orient, Royston Town on loan, and finish his career at Lucan United. Hot dog? Yeah, go on. Is it Jimmy Smith? No, you're incorrect. Oh, you're now frozen out, Zoe. You can have no. you can have a stab oh, in the dark a bit. <laughs> Good luck, Zoe. <laughs> I mean I, I... See, this is one I thought you were going to get, guys. I won't lie, because he made and, quite the impression towards the end of it, towards the end of the season. Can we have? Can we have them again? Well, I say we. I'm yes, well you out. Can, can Zoe? Can Zoe have them again? Yes. Uh, Shamrock, Longford Town, Cork City, Reading, Stockport, Norwich, 
Charlton, Colchester, Leighton Orient, Southend, Leighton Orient, Royston, Lucan United. The clue will be the squad number for the player, and he wore number 18. Oh, honk. Is it Leroy Lita? No. No. Would you like to no, both pass this one? Okay, so that player yeah, was so. David Mooney. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he did okay. Very different reactions. Yeah, he did okay. He did okay. He's got four or five goals. He did well. Mm, he was prolific. Mm. All right. <laughs> Next, oh, we've got a rock and roll over them. We've got, we've got a, we, we must have a winner. Yeah, absolutely. So okay, we've got, we've got another four to guess, guys. I've got another four to guess. Okay, yes, let's do it. okay, right. Uh, Fulham, Norwich on loan, Charlton on loan, Leighton Orient twice, Cambridge United, Whitehawk, Chelmsford City, and he's currently playing at Barking. Oh, honk hot dog. <laughs> honk dog. Honk, honk dog. <laughs> I've taken this uh, podcast down a sinister route. Is it uh, Omazu Elliot Omazusi? It is indeed, Steve. Oh, yeah. You've turned the game. You have leads it. Didn't you he? Are Somerville. I yeah. Thank you. Um, didn't he? Something go wrong. For, I, I don't want to libel the guy on, uh, but I'm sure something happened with him after he left. Yeah, I'll look into that while we're. Yes, there, uh... there is a period. That's why it says it was late in Orient twice. I think there was a period during one of his spells where he then had to come back a few years later. But yes, um, <laughs> yes, I'll let you carry on and on. Yes. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh, okay, this next player is Bristol City, Reading, Charlton on loan, Norwich on loan. Yes. Oh. Is this one Leroy Lita? It is Leroy Lita. <laughs> yeah. We are oh we're at three three and there's Charlton two to go. And this is exciting. Oh yeah, he's had quite the career. It was then Borough, Swansea, Birmingham, Sheffield Wednesday, Brighton, Barnsley, Notts County, AO Chania, Yeovil, Sisaket, Margate, Salisbury. It's gone for ages, Leroy Lita. Oh, what a guy. Okay, is right. Is he still playing? I was going to say, we, we need to... a striker, don't we? We're still... still... I, I, want, <laughs> I want to say he retired in 2020 with Nuneaton, but I could be wrong. But that was I'll his last club, that. was Nuneaton. All righty, next player. We're at three all. Melbourne Knights, Melbourne Victory, Fulham, Norwich on loan. Hot Melbourne Vic... Yes. Is it Adrian Layer? It is indeed. Yeah, it is indeed Adrian Lay, who played, I think, one game. I think he started the last day at Charlton and that was it. <laughs> yeah, that was well, it. Yeah. Can't really blame him for having had enough after that <laughs> and deciding, ah, I don't fancy any more of this. Um, Leroy Lita, according to Wikipedia, at the age of 38, Leroy Halleru Bahari Lita still plays for Nuneaton Borough. Oh, amazing. So, and and last. Last year scored 16 and 18 for Ilkeston Town. So still, wow. still banging them in. Yeah, still banging them in. Okay, last question. Zoe, you need this to take it to a tiebreaker. Steve, you can seal the deal. All right. Banjul Hawks, Portsmouth, Norwich on loan. Park. Yes, go on. Omar Karoma. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I knew you had such a confident honk. Uh, <laughs> what I love about this game is this the only time in your life you will ever go honk Omar Karoma. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's making Amazing. me feel a lot better about football. Good. Yeah. Good. Like, <laughs> like I say, I think play along at home. This will improve your mood, shouting honk, Amar Karina. All righty. So this is winner takes all. Are you ready? Ready. Celtic. Norwich on loan. That's it. Honk. Hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> This never happens on uh, on catchphrase, does it? They forget what their buzzer is. Um, is that John Kennedy? It is John Kennedy. Uh, who indeed. shares his name with the the winning goal scorer from the uh, Copper was it Copper America? Uh, yes, the, yeah. yeah, from yeah, over the weekend. Um, also a president. And a pre- president, yeah. <laughs> in in. In many ways, I think the uh, the the greatest John Kennedy of the three was uh, on loan from Celtic. Did I think he got a career-ending injury? Didn't he? Um, he did quite soon after the, yeah. the loan. I think he coaches at Celtic okay. now. He's been there for a few years. Yeah. yeah, and plays in Brazil as well, seemingly. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, just to uh, tidy up the Elliot Omazusi thing, he has nothing under his he has no controversy section on wikipedia so i would like to apologize if and now I, we can all just uh, guess uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the next round guys is guess the controversy <laughs> by all by all accounts a great guy lovely man uh wish i'd never brought that up um <laughs> just in case maybe don't say that either you know we just don't know <laughs> this thing, so. yeah i may i may have won the quiz but at what cost <laughs> um, thank you ryan as ever thank that was, uh, thank you, ryan. That was um, a, a complete joy and also yeah. utterly excruciating for both uh for both Sarah <laughs> and i uh, but i think we got we got most of the names between us so, uh, i feel like we did okay we did yeah, okay I, I mean other panelists have been on and done a lot worse than, than <laughs> we just demonstrated there so uh yeah uh, let, let, let's take that but thank you ever so much ryan and uh yep yeah. I mean, already can't wait for the next one. And uh, yeah, feel slightly better about our current squad, knowing that uh, that was what we were subjected to 15 years ago. Um, Even though we've just been like, oh, yeah, he was quite good, actually. Oh, yeah, he was <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, and I stand by it as far as Leroy Lita is concerned. I, I'd, I'd still still take him, still take him now. Um However, I think that's, that's probably all for today's On The Ball. Uh, the Norwich City podcast um, in which emotions run wild, memories unfold, and honesty dances amidst lingering curiosity as a genuine Twitter review from the last episode. So thank you very, thank you very much, Josh. Uh, we, we genuinely did appreciate that one. Um, Please make sure you subscribe to uh, to On The Ball for, for more uh, Honesty Dances. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, it's free on your usual player. Just search uh, Michael Bailey, Norwich City. I don't know. Will it still work? <laughs> We've not even talked about Michael Bailey this this episode. There's been too much to discuss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, that's that, we'll save that for a, uh, for a special uh, one day. <laughs> Whatever happened to Michael Bailey. Uh, but yes, for now, please do continue to search Michael Bailey, Norwich City on your preferred social platform. And presumably uh, the three of us will still appear. Um, ratings and reviews are ever prompted are always hugely appreciated, um, good or bad, but the good's always better than bad. And if you want to get in touch with any questions, um, I guess you'd probably better send me a direct message these days on Twitter. Uh, I am uh, at NCFC numbers. Um, a huge thank you to our guests tonight. Um, Zoe, uh, great show. Sorry to pip you an extra time at the end there, but mm-hmm. thank you very much. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for- Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Felt very cathartic. 
Great, great. Uh, uh, you know, and if if it wasn't enjoyable for the listeners, at least we managed to get something off our collective chest, right? <laughs> um, uh, and Ryan, superb job of the quiz as ever. And uh, yeah, can't believe we've we've left it until the season was in tatters before having you on. Uh, thanks, thanks for coming on. No, thank you for having me. Don't worry, there'll be plenty more quizzes before the end of the year, I'm sure. Excellent, and plenty more chances for us to uh, embarrass ourselves. Uh, didn't, yeah, didn't feel like we did that enough tonight. So uh, let's 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 bring it up again. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. Uh, thank you everyone who commented as well. Uh, yeah, whether you uh, listened live or, or listen, uh, listening back after, we we do appreciate it, and we'll we'll all get through this together. It'll all be fine. Uh, we'll be back after the QPR game on the twenty seventh of November. Although who knows, you may be hearing from us sooner. We'll uh, we'll see if we've got time to rustle anything up. Um, until then, uh, all that's left to say is, never mind the danger. <laughs>